When God thought of mother, he must have laughed with satisfaction and framed it quickly. So rich, so deep, so divine, so full of soul, power, and beauty was the conception. Henry Ward Beecher I will never forget the day that I held my baby, my firstborn daughter, for the first time. I was just a baby myself, and my fragile heart felt all of the ferocious, fluttering feels of her. I didn't know that I wanted to be a mother until I became a mother. I didn't know that this was the life that I actually wanted until it was the life I actually held. Two hearts meeting for the first time, all because God chose us for each other. And then he did it again. He allowed me to conceive and carry four more children. Two I haven't met face to face yet, which makes my forever home even more sweeter. Becoming a mother was one of my greatest fears and has also become one of my greatest treasures. I can't really tell you why I was fearful or where the fear truly even grew its roots, only that I wasn't confident that I could adequately pour out all that a mother needs to give. From birthing life to sustaining it and then releasing what you've grown to treasure and hold so dear. When you fully think about it, God designed a mother to let go of her children from the very moment your baby arrived outside of your womb. One of the first things that takes place is the cutting of the umbilical cord that separates the mother from the sustaining life of the child in her womb, only to move on to the continual preparation of sustaining and leading them to let them go. Psalm 127.4 says, Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. They're born to cuddle and born to correct. They are born to bathe and born to battle for. They are born to deliver and born to direct. Born to let in and born to let go. I have learned so much from being a mom. I've learned how to improvise and how to be resilient, how patience has more effectiveness than power. Listening captures the heart more than speaking, and that the last word doesn't matter when you lead with loving actions. How do we really come to know our children? the ones who contain our DNA and the ones that don't. A mother's love cannot be contained. You could stand at the edge of the ocean and peer greatly into the distance and never capture the magnitude she holds in her heart for her children. It's almost incomprehensible that God loves them more, but he does. He does love us more than we could ever love our children, but we get a close taste of it when we become a mother. Biological or by relationship, we can hold a mothering love for the ones that God surrounds our hearts with. One mother's love won't look the same as another mother. 
We were created to love the children entrusted to us by magnificent and immaculate design. Knowing your children helps you create a safe place for them in your home. Knowing your children helps you become a strong tower. Knowing your children helps you become a supreme launching pad for them into their future. We can become this because we were created to be this for our children. We are meant to be this to our children, a safe, strong support that guides them to what's next in their life. When we focus on shepherding their heart more than shepherding their present, their heavenly future becomes more important than their worldly future. They become captivated by his heart over being captivated by the right worldly assets. Being enticed by what the world has to offer will taste different and hold less palpable pleasure because we have led them to taste and see that the Lord is good, that he has the best this life has to offer. If we don't give them tangible opportunities to hold his beauty in their lives and in their heart, then we will rob them of finding him in their present, in their now. He created them. He is bigger than any mountain they will face or be asked to climb. His comfort is greater than any disappointment they will ever grieve. And experiencing his joy is more important than any victory they will ever win. Safety follows our humble surrendered pursuit of wholeness. A child feels safe when we have laid a safe foundation for them to thrive in. When you know your child in the way that God has created them, then you can provide safe spaces for them to land. What are their greatest fears and biggest insecurities? Do they thrive on positive reinforcement or do they require more structured boundaries that don't leave room for interpretation? We can't create a perfect foundation because a perfect foundation doesn't exist in an imperfect world with imperfect people. Perfection is impossible, but safety and security can come when we choose to become whole ourselves. When we choose to heal from our own hurts and we seek resolve and resolution in the unresolved places and spaces in our own lives. When we are whole, we create a space to cultivate wholeness within our homes, and our children can find safety and refuge in our presence, a secure place to land in a very insecure and unsafe world. I can list many ways I have failed in this area, not because I don't desire to cultivate this safe haven for my children. And not because I didn't seek this in my home, but because I am human and broken and we must hold out grace to ourselves as we're holding safe spaces for our children. Safety follows our humble, surrendered pursuit toward wholeness. Strong towers build strong kids. And when my kids were in the toddler and elementary years of life, I remember 
all of the very sincere plans that I had to steward and guide them away from harm in as much pain as possible. I had a genuine naivety that if I instilled all of the truths of God within them and I surrounded them with the people that encouraged my passions in this, their hurts would hurt less and their disappointments would be less disappointing and their struggles with identity would not struggle as much. My mission was on point, but my motive needed bridling to the real promised truth that in this world, we all will have trouble, even our children, and there will be nothing in our human flesh we can do to stop that. It's their reality, just as it is ours. But our mission to build a strong tower for them to Jesus, it works and it lasts. It sustains and secures and it perseveres and it provides more comfort for them more than we ever could. Our motive must match our mission. Build them up to the strong tower. Lead them to the strong tower and recognize that you are not God and the strong tower that they need is him and that they need him just as much as you do. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Proverbs 18.10 Strong towers build strong kids. We were given our kids to prepare them to go, to launch them into the world on purpose for a purpose. As I mentioned earlier from Psalm 127.4, children were given to us to launch into their purpose, arrows in the hands of warriors. We are warriors created to launch warriors into the world. Knowing our kids, how they give and how they receive, prepares us to pour into them and to grow them into their purpose. Warriors don't dictate, they direct. We place the tools in their hands to build upon what they've been given. And one day, we step back in a stern stance, pull the bow back, and we launch the life arrow of our children into their next. We won't know the outcome of their choices before they make them, but we can be a resource for helping them to start over and growing from them. We won't be able to stop their falls and failures, but we will be able to stand beside them and help them back up. We won't be able to replace the joy in their wins, but we can celebrate with them in a steady posture and presence. We are meant to be supreme launching pads for our children into their futures. Can I lean in and tell you something? We won't always get it right. We will fail our kids, and we will even wound our kids. It is the reality of living in a broken world filled with broken people, including you and me. What's most important is how we rise from our falls and how our our people heal from their wounds. We can't force their healing, but we can help it. And... 
when we're met with resistance, it's just as important that we hold space for their resistance, for their pause, for their silence, not relying on the outcome, but hoping toward their overcome. We have been given all authority in Jesus to overcome everything in our life with him and by him and through him, even the struggles of parenting, even the losses experienced in parenting, the really tough questions of how and what's next, and even the nights that you lay your head on your pillow and you question, did I make the right decision? Did I love them enough? Did I say yes when I should have said no? Have I given them all they've needed to become all that they are meant to become? Am I enough for this? Well, you are enough. You are and have everything that you need to be all that your children need to become who they were meant to become. You can't do it alone. You weren't meant to do it alone. You and I need Jesus and his hand to help guide us through his plan for our children. God would not entrust us to something that he doesn't equip us for. And we need a village to help us shape and shepherd the hearts of our children. We will learn as we grow. We will make mistakes And we will recover if we listen to his whispers and lean into his wisdom. Your village will be their village. So choose wisely and clean house when you need to. At all costs for the sake of your call to shepherd their hearts. I want to read to you a few quotes from the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. Recognizing that God has called you to function as his agent defines your task as a parent. Our culture has reduced parenting to providing care. Parents often see the task in these narrow terms. The child must have food and clothes, a bed, and some quality time. In a sharp contrast to such a weak view, God has called you to a more profound task than being only a care provider. You shepherd your child in God's behalf. The task God has given you is not one that can be conveniently scheduled. It is a pervasive task. Training and shepherding are going on whenever you are with your children, whether waking, walking, talking, or resting, you must be involved in helping your child to understand life, himself, and his needs from a biblical perspective. It is our task to faithfully teach our children. It is the Holy Spirit's task to work through the Word of God to change their hearts. I believe that knowledge is power, and knowing your parenting battle plan and executing that with humility and grace, authority, and God's power is what God asks of us, obedience to his will. We are responsible for the action of shepherding our children. He is responsible for the outcome. 
We cannot base our success as a parent on what we see. If we focus on what is seen, the good or bad, we will succumb to the wins and losses that our children experience. We will lead from their highs and lead from their lows. Absolutely, we celebrate big time with them and champion them. And absolutely, we hold them when they fail and sit with them in their pain. But how we parent and if we parent isn't dictated by the outcomes. We are only as steady as the steady hand of God that is leading us. We will doubt. We will question. We will wonder. But when we choose not to waver and step away from his steady hand that guides us every step of the way, we can face another sunrise to the new day. We can endure another sleepless night, another boo-boo, another breakup, another bad grade, another IEP meeting, or another misdiagnosis. Another setback, another comeback, another try at independence, another missed curfew, another major change, and one more goodbye. Knowing your child leads to shepherding the heart of your child. Knowing your children allows you to come alongside of them and champion and support them as they shepherd the hearts of your grandchildren. It complements your efforts to bonus parent and it guides you as you fill the empty spaces of others who are without parents. It isn't lost on me that some of you were rejected by your mother, abandoned by your mother, and even abused by the hands, words, or neglect of your mother. I see you. Some of you have walked through or are walking through infertility. I see you. This has not been a part of my story. It has been a very real and hard journey for some people that I love dearly. There are painful questions of why and deep groans of why and why not. I wish that I had words, but they would fall so short. I see you. And I want to say to you that there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with you. My heart is sensitive and tender toward you. And I pray that God overwhelms you with his presence and his love. And that he will provide and continue to provide you with all of the people and places and purpose that your soul needs. And that all of your wounds would be healed and made whole. As I look toward a hopeful future of walking with my adult children, I won't forget all of the constant graces that the Lord provided through my many failures and questions. I also choose to remember the wins and celebrate the joy we've been given to share. I choose to be grateful for making the hard decisions and not backing down for talking through the tough stuff instead of silencing their voice when I didn't agree. I don't regret saying no when everything within them wanted me to say yes. 
I choose to continue to listen and learn and walk toward forgiveness with them. Remembering it's how you heal from the wounds that matters. There are no perfect mothers and there are no perfect children. We are all walking toward God's perfection together, indulging in his common daily graces one step at a time. Keep going, mamas. Don't grow weary in seeking the heart of your child. I want to read a blessing over us as we close out our time together today. Oh God, we are surrounded by our loves. They need you and we need you to carry them. Let love bear up the weight of us all. Bless our kids and grandkids, children here and those gone. Bless the people who quicken our hearts now and years past. Bless our parents and grandparents and strengthen our roots and our branches. Bless our pets and your creation and the comfort they bring. Bless our friends and chosen families and all the bonds that hold us. Thank you for this love this absurd and wonderful love. God, bless the memories we hold of those who have died and release in us the fullness of being able to love them as they were in this life and as they are now in the mystery that is beyond our sight. God, bless all the people in pain who share this present time and space with us, whose lives are yet an unwritten book just like ours. Come and write your words of love that we speak in our words and our actions in ways that heal our past and stir up hope for our future. God, I will openly admit that my plan was to rescue us all. Pry this out of my hands. Absolve my guilt. Calm my spirit. Let me allow you to do the impossible and bear up the weight of the world I am determined to carry alone. Those who refresh others will be enriched and one who waters will themselves be refreshed. There's never enough time to share all that can be shared on this gigantic role of parenting. After being a mama for 26 years, I still have a lifetime of learning to go. I am grateful for parents that loved me through all of my meanness, and I am grateful for the gift of being a mother. Take heart. Don't grow weary in doing good. One day, you will reap a harvest even if your fields are barren or you can't see the forest for the trees. Trust God and his master plan and don't ever forget God is madly in love with you no matter what I can't wait till next time